0: Very important message today. I think we're all aware now at this point that every word that Jesus speaks is extremely important. And that as a church, we want to go to these scriptures because they are the way to know God, to grow in our theology, to understand God rightly, and to understand the gospel. Um, today we're going to talk about being on guard, being alert against false prophets. So kind of Jesus comes out the gate in the Sermon on the Mount and says, blessed are the poor in spirit. He gives all stuff that can seem, some people would describe that as softer stuff. That stuff's easier to chew. It's easier to um, digest. As he gets going, we see Jesus get at the hard things, right? We start getting uncomfortable. He's talking about anger is like murder. And if you lust after a woman in your heart, it's just like committing adultery and to turn your other cheek and to go the other, the extra mile and don't judge because you got a two by four in your own eye. So he's going heavy. He's going at our heart. It's going like that. Then he gives us a breather and he said, don't be afraid. Just relax. I'm watching every single moment of your life. It's in my hands. As he begins to wrap up this powerful sermon, He comes to the end and it gets hot and heavy. It gets to the point where he starts talking about eternal destinations, right? A lot of churches, we start to abandon talking about that there is an eternity, that there's a heaven and there's a hell. We're afraid that people don't want to hear that, therefore they won't come back and sit in the seats. But what we want to do is, I want to hear from the Son of God. I want to hear what he has to say. Why would I run away from the author of love? the one who cares about me, the one who made me, the one, all things through him were made, the one who died for me. Why would I not want to hear these warnings? He's due them out of love, not condemnation. He didn't come to the world to condemn it. He came to save it. And someone who truly loves you, someone who truly loves me, someone who truly loves the world, is going to tell us what we need to hear so we're alert, so we don't go into destruction. Amen? And so that's why Jesus, he begins to end the sermon, and he's not going to say stuff... Because he's concerned about what people think about him. He's going to say stuff because he's concerned about us. And that's where he's going to speak from. And he's going to say, beware of false prophets. So I guess it's important, actually I know it's important, that we understand what What does he mean by prophet? Because we think a prophet, we think all those movies with a big dude with a bear just warning people about the future, right? What are you talking about? I haven't seen a prophet. I just haven't seen a prophet in Wakefield. When he's talking about prophets, I need you to hear this contextualized in a culturally relevant way. He's saying anyone who is claiming to speak on behalf of God, a proclaimer, who is claiming to speak on behalf of God. That's why this is such a heavy thing. Like, it's no light thing to open up the Bible every week and to speak the words of Jesus. That is heavy, and a preacher, a pastor, a priest should feel the weight of that. Because when you get up here, you're claiming to speak on behalf of God. That's why we love expository preaching in this church. That's why we don't preach like... I don't want to go there, but we preach from text of scripture, right? So here's the scripture. We read it and say, let's expose what God's trying to say. Let's expose what Jesus is trying to say, because many of us through our speculation can get up here and say what we think about God, what we think the best way to live our life is, what we think is rewarding. That doesn't mean that it's the truth. That's why there's so much safety, so much protection. When we can just open it up and read the words of Jesus and expose what he's saying, it's so much better what a, than what a mere man, man could say in his supposed wisdom. So much safety in that. So we will continue to preach through books of the Bible and preach to the word of God and expose that because many people will just come. And there's danger in, this is what I heard from God this week. Okay, if it lines up with scriptures... Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. If you heard something and the Holy Spirit is leading you, awesome. But if it's not lining up with the ultimate thought of your scripture, I don't want to hear anything from you. Because a lot of people just, how I felt this week, all of a sudden you get this emotional message about a guy that was feeling up and down this week, and he misinterprets that. When you get the scriptures, you get some holy, something eternal, something before the earth was made, something directly from God. It's God's words to his children for their safety and protection. It's, awesome. it's just awesome. I get excited talking about it. Because once again, I say this many times, it's not what we speculate about God. It's what he reveals that is truth. That's why the word of God is so important. Because man cannot live on bread alone but needs every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And where is their safety? Where are the word of God written from his son? These are the words of God. These are truth. This way you can know truth and bounce everything off in the Supreme Court of Authority when it comes to every single thing. So Jesus today, through his words, is saying, beware of false prophets. I'm going to tell you a story. Let me tell you a story. of a. Uh, it was a guy. This woman was getting married to his son. On the wedding day, this man, he was a man with conviction. He's a man who worked hard, a man who served his country, a man who had a path. He was going to college. He was very intelligent, but got drafted, so his path changed. He served his country, got wounded in war, was faithful to bring his family to church every week, provided for them, you know, all those kind of things. His son was not the same. His son had a polluted heart. His son only thought about himself. His son was selfish, wasn't hardworking, thought the world revolved around him. So this woman was set to marry his son. Do you know what that man did that day on the wedding day? He walked up to that woman and said, do not marry my son. He said, beware of my son. He is going to ruin your life. Now that's heavy, right? That a father is that loving, that he's going to tell his future daughter-in-law, beware. Don't marry this guy. He's too selfish. He's going to bring destruction. She chose not to heed the, the warning. You know that man brought out of destruction into her life? So that's what's on the other end if we don't heed the warning of Jesus today. He's saying beware of false prophets, false teachers, people who will teach you anything about God. That is not truth and lined up with Scripture. People that will teach you this other paths to God other than Jesus Christ. People will teach you things that are not lined up with eternal truth. He's saying, Beware, because if you follow those things, it will bring utter destruction into your life. So let's start here because this um if you could turn to Matthew 7 15 through 20. These are the words of Jesus. Beware of false prophets. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. So one thing that really caught me, I want to say off guard, but it surprised me. And I've been in the scriptures a long time. I've been in much scripture. What surprised me was how many times Jesus and the apostles said, beware of false prophets. Right. We're filled in a world where you get on the internet, you hear so many different voices. So many people who claim to speak on behalf of God and to be the most loving person. And this is how you live your life. And if you do these 10 steps, you're going to be successful. You hear so many different voices in different churches and, and all the time. It's all around us. People who can just tweet their truth like it's eternal truth. Right? Jesus knows this. In those days, there were so many polluted false prophets. In these days, there's so many false proclaimers and false teachers who are proclaiming they know the truth and follow them that will bring you to life. He's saying, beware, and you will know them by fruit. their fruit. Don't follow them. Jesus and the apostles said this over and over again. And what I want us to do is I want us to read a little scripture today. To be aware of how serious this is. Because I knew it was serious. But every time you get in the Word, it said, this is more serious than I thought. Right? So let's hear from Jesus, Peter, Paul, the whole squad. Matthew 24, 11. Jesus, after saying this, says this again. And many, many false prophets will arise and lead many people away. Away from what? The truth of God. The truth that Jesus is teaching. Acts 20, 29 through 31 <coughs> I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. Apostle Paul said he was crying, he was weeping. Stay away from false prophets. They will lead you to destruction with twisted things that are not from God. Second Peter 2, 1-3. through three. But false prophets also arose among the people. Just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction... And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed, they will exploit with their false words Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. Did everyone hear that, even with John walking in? He was early today. Give him grace. Did everyone hear that today? Heresies. They're just heavy, heavy words. I'm going to keep going. Second Peter 2, 17-22, this is heavy, heavy. These are waterless springs. He's talking about false prophets. And mist driven by a storm. For them the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved. For speaking loud boasts of folly, they enticed by sensual passions. That's the second time they've used that word sensual in these two texts. Of the flesh those who are barely escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. For whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. For if after they have escaped from the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. The last state has become worse for them than the first. For it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. What the true proverb says has happened to them. The dog returns to his vomit and the sow, after washing herself, returns to the wallow in the mire. And the last one, guys, because I don't want to, I want you to hear the seriousness of this. I want to see it peppered through the whole New Testament because this is a serious problem back then. It's a serious problem today. This apostle Paul For such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will correspond to their deeds. Here we see apocalyptic language, right? Apocalyptic language. Beware of them. Now, I want us to get to the why we need to be, beware, be alert right here. In those scriptures, you heard it in there. Because their road leads to destruction. Now we have to talk eternal destinations. Does life just end? Do you take your last breath and that's it? Do we have an atheistic secular view? Is that your view? Or is there eternity? Or is, or will every man stand before God and be judged according to his deeds? And those who have put their faith in Christ because they rest in the ultimate deed of Christ, laying down his life, will be judged according to grace unto eternal life in heaven to spend worshiping God, magnifying Jesus, just enjoying stuff. Or will you stand before God with some right deeds, some wrong things, and do you agree with Jesus that there is a hell for all those who reject him? Do you believe that? Or have you created your own truth? Okay? Let me tell you, I would admonish you to go with Jesus that there is a real hell for all those who reject the work of his son. That's why this is so serious. That's why this is serious. Because false prophets, what does it say in every verse? Once again, I just want to read the scripture. Even in the text today, he says every tree that does not bear f- Fruit is what? Cut down and thrown into the fire. What analogy is he using for false prophets? Their destination is hell. Once again, he says, for them, the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved. What is he talking about there? He's talking about hell. What does Apostle Paul say in 2 Corinthians 11, 15? Their end will correspond with their deeds. I mean, their end is destruction, which is hell that was created for Satan and his demons, everyone who believes in Jesus, believes in the Bible, believes there is a spirit world, that there are angels and there are demons and there is a Satan who deceives people and tempts them away from Christ, right? Hell wasn't made for us, it was made for them, eternal judgment. But all the false prophets who lead people in that direction, their destination is hell. And here's where we come in. Anyone who follows their lead Has the same destination. That's why it is so serious. You guys hear what I'm preaching here? Because false prophets are leading in a certain direction. They are leading people away from the truth of the gospel. They might even say they believe in God. Do you understand who Jesus is rebuking here? These were the religious folks. These were the religious teachers. These were the people you went to to repent of your sins. These are the people you went to to ask how to pray. These are the people who looked like they had it all together with the right attire. He's saying their place is hell. Don't follow their lead. That's why it is so serious. Because we cloak this religion. He believes in God. He's a spiritual person. What the heck does that mean? What does that mean? Just because you believe there could be more? Just because you believe there is a God that you're okay? No. Unless your faith is in the work of Jesus who reveals to us God, there is no redemption. I don't say that to boast. I say that to warn you and to invite you into freedom in Christ. We need to hear those words because that kind of preaching has been vacated for dollar-dollar bills, y'all. I don't know where that came from. I grew up in the 90s. Forgive me. I can't get it out of my system. (laughs) Okay. So we know it's serious. So the question comes it's serious. Jesus and the apostles taught it was serious. Beware. There is a real hell. We don't want to follow false prophets there. How do we recognize false prophets? So, how am I on alert? How do I see someone who's a false prophet? How do I know false teaching? How do I know what's not the gospel? Have you ever seen sol- a soldier pick, up a, pick out a false soldier? Like on YouTube? I'm sorry, I can go on a run. Like a soldier. There's one one I was watching on YouTube. There was a soldier, and he likes to talk to other servicemen. And so what he does is, when he sees someone else who has their army gear on, and once again, I don't know all the... Military lingo. So I'm going to do my best to tell the story well. He's seen someone with his army gear on. He wants to go over and he wants to talk to them. He wants to find out where they served and all that good stuff. There was a guy in the mall. He sees a man in army fatigues. And he says, okay, let me go talk to him. From a distance, he looked like a soldier. From a distance. I mean, if me and you saw him, we'd say, that's a soldier. That's got to be a soldier. Right? Right? We're easily fooled because we don't know what to look for. But when us, as the soldier who knew what to look for, as he got closer, he said, something ain't right. His flag wasn't in the right place. So right away he said, what's up? He had pins on like he served in three wars. The dude was like 28. He said, you can't, what? So we started asking him all these questions. And the dude was pretty good. I was blown away because I thought he was going to be, oh, you got me, dog. You got me. He just started answering. He was like, I'm in battalion. I was down self-serving my brother Jackson. He, like, he was doing good. This dude said, no, nah, this dude ain't for real. As he kept asking questions, you realize this dude's talking. He's kind of give. you know, when you're an uncomfortable phone call, oh, hold on, I got a call right here. There was no one on the other end. Do you know what I mean? He got on all these nervous twitches because he realized the real soldier had called out his falsehood because he knew what to look for. And that's a punishable offense. That's a felony. That dude got tracked down. I love every moment of it. Because true soldiers know how to spot false soldiers because they know what to look for. To our common eye, we might just think he's a soldier. Jesus knows how to spot false prophets. Amen, because he's the true prophet. To the outside, they looked like real prophets. They looked like real men of God. They looked like real proclaimers who were saying the truth on behalf of God. But Jesus said... They are wolves in sheep's clothing. Like on the outside, man, they got that ephod settled. You know what I mean? The clothes look right. They got everything. They look right. They're saying the right things. They're using those religious words. But inside, they are wolves. They are wolves. And use a contextualized analogy here, right? Back in the day, they had the buckhorn bush, and they had the thistle. And from a distance, if you looked at the buckhorn bush, that's why it says no tree bites fruit, it looked like there were grapes on it, right? But as you got closer, you realized they were blackberries. So you say, man, I got a nice grapevine. I'm going to get some grapes. You get that they were all blackberries. They weren't, that wasn't the fruit you thought you were going to get. Then you see the thistle. From a distance, it looked like a nice fig, and a fig must have been big back in the day. I'm not big on a fig. Give me a fig newton, I'll go. But from a distance, if you've seen certain thistles... They look like they had figs on them. And you walk over there. I'm going to go get some good fruit. As you got closer, it was just a flower. It wasn't fruit. That's why Jesus used those two analogies. He's saying these guys look like prophets that are prophesying on my behalf. But they're wolves. You've got to know a prophet by his fruit. And what's the ultimate taste? Not even the eyes. Taste the fruit. You'll know it's not a fig. Same thing. Taste it. It's not a grape. It's a blackberry. It's the same way. You've got to get a taste for the gospel. You've got to get a taste for what is God, you know? You've got to get a taste for what's conforming to the authority of Scripture. You've got to get a taste because certain things can look good on the outside. But when you taste that fruit, you know something ain't right. Do you guys hear that analogy as you get closer there? So I want to give you three indicators of the being aware of false prophets. And we see these through the whole sermon on the mount. The first thing that is an indicator, like you bite that fruit and say something's wrong, is a false prophet rejects Jesus as the Son of God, the Messiah, and the only way to God. What did the Pharisees do? They claimed to serve God, but they murdered his son. And what did Jesus say to them? He says, you don't know my father. You don't know God. Because if you knew God, you would see me for who I am. Do you guys hear that? False prophets reject the doctrine of the incarnation. False prophets preach these other ways to God. False prophets have so much animosity towards Jesus. Now, they might say he's a good guy, influential even. They might say that he was a great philosopher. They might even say, I like this part of Jesus. But ultimately, they would have crucified him in the same way because he claimed to be God. So you either believe Jesus is God or he's a lunatic, like C.S. Lewis said, right? There's no middle ground. We all want middle ground. If you're claiming you're God and you're not, this is a screw loose. You guys hear me? I haven't seen too many powerless people just walking the streets like, who are you? God, dog. I'm God. You say, man, you need to take vitamins. You need to get on a workout schedule. You know, like, you'd start talking about being a life coach. Either Jesus was God or he was an absolute lunatic. There is nothing in the middle. He was crucified, not because he was healing people, not because he was feeding people. He was crucified because he said he was God, the Son of God, and they said, you're a blasphemer. They accused him of being a false prophet, and they hung him up, and they killed him, and they murdered him. Do you guys hear that? Every false prophet, they might say good things about Jesus. When it comes down to doctrinal clarity on the identity of Jesus, they do not believe he is who he says he is. This is so important, guys. Because there's a lot of self-help people out there who have the gift of communication. There's no doubt these men and women are gifted. There's no doubt they they even have some helpful wisdom for life. But when it comes down to the doctrine, the gospel, they ultimately reject it. And it always starts with rejecting Jesus and his identity, right? But that's just the first pillar in their, their poison doctrine. Then it goes to things like heaven and hell, right? Then it's like, I'm too loving to believe in hell. What? You're more loving than God? And I just want to talk harsh here. I know it's thinking through hell is a tough doctrine, so I don't want to make that light. But what we're saying is that when we think there's no hell and we, we go against the doctrine of hell, we're saying we're more compassionate than God. And let me tell you, there's not a person in here that's more compassionate than God or more loving than God. So that's an important thing. So it starts with rejecting Jesus. Then it goes to things like heaven and hell. Then usually sexual morality that falls, right? You can't put boundaries. You can't tell us what we can do. He's God. He can. He made us, right? Those are the three big things. And even the law, those are the major things that seem like bigger sins. And that's, that's what... um like in the Old Testament, you'll know, th- three things were considered more serious when it came idolatry, sexual immorality, those kind of things. False prophets will always hit those major things and be cloudy on them. They'll always be cloudy, and they'll go against the words of Jesus. You guys hear me? That's the theological clarity. You look for that for any person who you're going to sit under their preaching. Look for where they stand in their theological beliefs. Secondly, false prophets are legalistic. Straight legalists, man, like they're warring like these these prophets of the day these proclaims these religious leaders They were getting so serious. Like if you lifted your hands over your head, they thought you were breaking the sabbath now if you don't have an If you have that much time To be seen of people lifting their hands over their heads your heart's in the wrong place They were so concerned with the outward the legalistic the exterior they wanted to control people through the law instead of setting them free through the law and through the gospel. It's all about the outward. It's all about what you do in front of people, instead of what does God want? He wants a heart. He wants to write his law on our heart. It was on tablets, it's in books. but unless a man falls from his heart, it doesn't matter what he does on the exterior. Because we can pretend, can we not? False prophets will always go for your exterior. They won't go for your heart. Why is this message so powerful about Jesus, that Jesus is preaching? Because everything's hitting right here. He's saying, hey, go home and put on a college shirt this week. I want you to comb your here to the side. Then you'll be accepted. No. who Exterior stuff is easy, man. I can change. I can front. I can pretend. We all know how to pretend. That's the easy stuff. Don't stop messing with this. Then I'm bothered at home. Like, I didn't know it was going to mess up my life. Right? Then we're convicted about stuff we're not convicted about. Oh, don't mess with that, Jesus. True prophets go for the heart. False prophets go for the exterior. and They try to cage you with legalism instead of free you through the gospel. Amen? So that's the second indicator. The third thing is false prophets, false proclaimers, false teachers, they want to use you. They think people are made to serve them, not God. Those Pharisees, they didn't see people to lead, people to lay down their life for. They said people who could help serve their cause, help bring them glory, help get them more money, help them be more exalted, help them live more comfortable lives. False prophets are always looking to use you, not to lay down their life for you. Judge a man by his character. No one's perfect. We know that. We're all sinners here saved by grace. But false leaders, they want more people so they have more for them, not so God can be glorified. A man's character, the fruit of his life, is very important. Look at the way leaders live if you're going to send out a preaching, if you're going to listen to people online in church, whatever, make sure their life lines up with their doctrine. Make sure they're transparent. Make sure they have humility. Make sure they repent when they're wrong. Make sure they love you and they care for you. And they're not doing it for their glory. They're doing it for God's glory. So those are three huge indicators, amen? And so we want to look at that because there was a true prophet in all the sea of false prophets, Jesus. When I think about it, right, what if Jesus didn't come? How would we know the truth? Are we all going to huddle up down the lake? All right, we're going to figure it out, boys. God's own son came to speak the very words of life from his lips. And if he didn't, we all would be absolutely lost when it comes to truth. We all would be running after false prophets. And I just want to read this because I was just trying to think of it because Jesus was an upside-down prophet of the day. And I want to hear that right side up because I get a little scared even saying that. But Jesus was an upside-down prophet of the day. Every prophet was polluted. Every prophet was taken advantage. Every prophet, almost every, but the large population didn't even know God and was preaching on his behalf. But then you have the God-man born in the history Works a lowly trade. He's homeless. He said, get this treasure stuff off me. Forget the material possessions. I don't need that. I didn't come to be served. I came to serve and lay down my life as a ransom for many. Just among all these horrible, horrible prophets, we get the truest prophet there ever was. And I was just thinking about it. and said his actions and lifestyle were the polar opposite of all that was considered normal for a rabbi or prophet. The religious leaders ate at the first and highest chair. He died hungry on a cross. They wore, the, they wore the finest linens and the best jewelry. He cloaked himself with humility and wore clothes of a tradesman. They prayed on corners accompanied by trumpets. He prayed in the wilderness for you and me in solitude. They did their deeds so that everyone would know Jesus would heal someone and tell them not to tell anybody. False prophets spend their life using people, caging people, and controlling people. Jesus gave his life for people, freeing people, and bringing salvation. That is a true prophet. That's a true prophet. And that's the gospel that he sent his own son so that we can know truth. Doesn't that make you want to jump out of your chair? I mean, I know I'm not sitting down, but it gets me so excited. It it never gets old, and it never will get old, that God's own son came to reveal truth to us. So I want to just talk a little bit more about what the gospel tastes like so we can identify what the true gospel is. Because there's many people out there claiming to preach the gospel, and some do. There's many people out there preaching the true gospel. I don't want to act, Restoration Road is not the only place that's doing its best to preach the true gospel. There's many faithful, true proclaimers out there. But I want us to learn how to taste it. We can taste when something ain't right, right? There's something in there. First, if they're trying to offer a God without his son Jesus, know that that is bad fruit and a false prophet. Anyone that's trying to offer you God without Jesus, false prophet, bad fruit. If they are trying to offer you a gospel where there is no sin that needed to be atoned for, that is bad fruit and a bad gospel. You cannot preach the The gospel is so good because we are sinners. Right? And we all know it deep down, so pretending hurts. The gospel is so good, not so we can live in the condemnation of sin, so we think about our sin and we think about the cross and realize, Jesus, it, then it becomes good news. But if they're trying to preach a gospel with no sin, they ain't preaching the gospel. Our Savior died on the cross for our sins. Not the people who lived in that day's sins. Your sins, my sins. If they're trying to offer you a gospel with no sin, false prophet, bad fruit. If they're trying to offer you a gospel where the word of God is not the final authority in all things, that's a bad fruit and false gospel. If they're trying to offer you a gospel that is built on your works and not on grace, Not on the grace of God That is not the gospel Flee from that kind of teaching This gospel is built on grace It's built on the work of Jesus Not our work And so we need to know When someone else is preaching You've got to There was a book out there That a famous preacher His name's hard to say But this preacher would say The gospel plus nothing Equals everything And what do we try to do To the gospel, right? The gospel plus our works Then I'll be saved The gospel plus charity walks Then I'll be saved The gospel plus being nice, then I'll be saved. The gospel plus nothing equals everything. That's why it's good news. That's why it's life-changing. That's why we sit and rejoice here today. If anyone's trying to sell you anything else, that's bad fruit. That's a false. That's false teaching. So I just want to close here. First, we're telling you, you know, second telling your story and first asking for, just keep me and Dave in prayer. Because hearts can start out with good intentions and we can get polluted quick. Pray for us because the world's tempting. We're sinners just like you. And we need, Pray that we don't cower away from preaching tough texts. Pray that we don't love your praise more than we love praising God. Pray that we care enough about the gospel and the local church and the advancement of it that our hearts will keep pure and stay pure and stay away from those things and we'll p- repent from sin quick. We really need your prayers. Because I've seen a lot of good men start out and they get polluted. They start thinking they're something. They start thinking they know and the humility has gone. And that can happen to me and Dave easily because we're all sinners. So please be praying for us that we don't become people and pastors who get up here to preach to itching ears. But we want to preach the gospel because we love you. We're concerned for you. And we love God above all. So please keep us in prayer. And finally, I want to just tell you a story to drive the point home. Everyone knows I'm not tech savvy. I got a Mac. I'm getting better. I can shoot emails. I'm getting there. But we finally got two new projectors and two new screens that will be coming soon to you. So first we got wireless. We got the Wi-Fi projectors. Just excited, man. We're going to look good. It turned out that you need something special in your computer. You know when they start saying stuff you don't know? You need a CTH with a W-die. You don't know what you're talking about, but I'm saying anyways. And so I was like, all right, I'll I'll get that. (laughs) So they told me that, first of all, I talked to the first guy. I got marching orders what to look for. This guy says, this is a special thing made. You plug it in, you get this computer wireless before you know it. I go there. It doesn't work. Another guy looks at me and said, I don't know who this guy is that told you that. Let me tell you how to really connect Wi-Fi. I said, all right, dog. Because I don't know what I'm talking about. So I'm looking at these brothers like they got a special gift. Do you understand me? So I'm like, what do I got to do? He says, man, you get this thing, and they just made this. They're coming out with a new model. You'll be wireless before you know it. I said, yes. It's the truth gonna happen i go to the store another guy says to me what is that guy's guy talking about we got this but you drove up here for nothing brother i said you gotta be kidding me i said dave's in trouble for passing this on (laughs) i said man you gotta kid me but this brother knew what he was talking about i could see it in his eyes because he was helpful too he said i got this in my truck let me get this for you This is what you got to do. You know the kind of brother that's just at home studying? He's on the geek squad. You know the geek squad at at Best Buy? And just studying, just enjoys it. Going home like, he's saying, you go beyond 47 feet with HDMI, your signals are going to get crossed. I said, he knows what he's talking about. He gave me everything we needed to connect and do these projectors right. All the other guys said, you can do it this way. And because I didn't know better, I said, yeah. But as I got to the fruit of it, I said, this ain't going to work. There's only one guy who knew what he was talking about, and that's why your projectors will project. It's the same thing with Jesus. There's many teachers, many preachers, many people telling you how to get to God. They're telling you how to do it, this is the right way, and we get there and we say, this ain't how you do it. This isn't truth. I can't be connected to God this way. Jesus comes along and says, this is how you get to the Father. No man gets to the Father but through me. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And you get connected to God. Amen? Anyone else who teaches you anything else is a false prophet. That's bad fruit. Listen to the true prophet. Get eternal fruit. Let's pray.